All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation brought to you as always by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey season capital H capital S all one word hockey season that will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. If you choose to shop online be sure to visit ZephyrEpic.com that is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. A little voice crack there to kick off the show here from Edmonton uh, and if you want to shop Locally, not locally for me right now, but locally, uh, Surrey. They have a retail location in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. That is Zephyr Epic. Free shipping, Canada-wide on any order over $50 as my co-host opens up a pack of hockey cards. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, our technical producer, on scene with me. That's right, well, baby, maybe, and on a mic. Maybe I'm on scene with you is Aaron Bordado. We're in the same room. I, I've, I, 
I don't think we've ever been this close on air. Like we've never actually sat. Next uh, to quads, each other. I've literally met you one time in my life before in That's person. Great. I said yesterday on the show, I've never even met Fabes in person before. <laughs> but it's nice to have you here. I like uh, the little shot we got here with you and what you have behind you. Yeah, so I hope people can see it. I asked our wonderful graphic designer here at Nation HQ for some crayons, a piece of paper, and some tape. Because this Oilers studio, this studio is very nice. We got one green screen over in Vancouver. This Oilers studio is very nice. And I made us a little logo, a little Canucks combo logo, which, you know, this is more effort than we put in on our own studio, Chris. Like, we could have this, and I think we should. I think that should be... What I do when I get home is make us a little, uh, make myself a little backdrop with the Canucks Army fist. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you got 45 people in the office over there at Oilers Nation, and it's just me over here. I don't have time to draw stuff like you do. But uh, good good polls today. Got the Thatcher Demko card, uh, as well as a history class rookie card of Dylan Gunther. That's a nice looking card. The freaking Aaron and the goddamn green screen again. Oh, God. God, this freaking thing, man. I didn't invent that, that, that technology over here, Fabes. That's, that's been in existence for a while. Well, I tell you but, what, before this stall, I tell you, if I was just sitting here around just hanging out, there's no green screen problems at all if I'm just hanging out around here. It's as soon as I get on this broadcast, the freaking green screen, oh, it just drives me up a freaking wall. Quads, how's that? How's Edmonton going, man? You, uh, you got in yesterday, right? Yeah, I got in yesterday. It's good. You saw me on the show yesterday, our little stone cold drop that Aaron and I worked out. Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I miss Bert a lot, which people in the chat have already brought up Bert. So, yeah, I miss my dog quite a bit. I don't know about this Battle of Alberta jersey. I liked it at first. I just see it in person. I don't know. What do you think of it, Aaron? Well, I love it. I like that the numbers in the oil drop. I mean, obviously, you knew my response was going to be, I love it, love it, love it. But uh, I like the old school. Do you see they have the leather gloves and pants, too, for that jersey? That's what I liked about it. But seeing the jersey itself, like, I wouldn't buy this. And put it put a hoodie under it. Like if, I'm saying, if I was an Oilers fan, like if the Canucks yeah. came out with something similar, and I was a Canucks fan, let's just say right now I do not own one of those yet. I have not purchased one. It's not really my style. But yeah, I, I actually kind of like the uh, the number inside of the logo. So it's obviously it's like I, I think that's kind of fun. It it would also be funny if that didn't change and just every Oiler was wearing a 97 just to like in honor of Connor <laughs> McDavid being a god and just like that's the way that uh, the Oiler they're like by the way these are our new jerseys it's a throwback but also everybody's wearing number 97 on the on the logo that would be fun. Okay, so we're heading into the weekend. This is my first opportunity to talk about Wednesday nights 8 to 1. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're in Edmonton. I know you're going to an Arby's, and I gave you a recommendation because I just went. Aaron, get this up, please. This is so I. I went to Arby's after dropping my wife off at, uh, which I said correctly there, uh, dropping her off at the Tawasan Ferry. She's over on the island having a good time. So I went to Arby's as they opened. That's my new trick. Arby's, the best. That's the best burger I've ever had. Though. That's a Wagyu bacon ranch. When's, I don't know when the sponsorship's coming for Arby's, but that burger was the best burger I've ever had. And I had these frickles. Not a huge fan of that. The The fried pickles weren't that good. But uh, Quads, you got to get to Arby's with uh, bagged milk over there because we know uh, from Oilers Nation, he's one of the good ones. He's an Arby's fan. Uh, so you got to get out there and try this Wagyu burger. It's It was delicious. It's the best burger I've ever had from Arby's. Him and I have been talking about getting to Arby's. So it feels like an Arby's night as Call of the Wild said in the chat. There's mm-hmm. one right next to my house, Quads. Let's go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Talk about the game now. This is my first chance, Chris. Like I haven't <laughs> talked to you in like days. It feels. Um, I gave brief thoughts on the game, but what I want to focus on is what went well for the Vancouver Canucks in that game. That eight to one victory. I did more artwork, folks. I wow. did more artworks. Artwork. <laughs> we have too much fun here. Okay. Um, eight to one victory for the Vancouver Canucks. We we've obviously talked about. Brock Besser. Well, I'm assuming you talked about it. I joined for 10 minutes yesterday and you had Colleton on and everybody, which is a great episode. But Brock Besser obviously scores the four goals. I think the one thing that I thought really went well was them shutting down the McDavid and Dreisaitl lines, especially the line with JT Miller, Brock Besser, and Vildi Giuseppe, the PB&J line, some are calling it. I think when I talk to Rick Talkett tomorrow, I'm going to throw that at him and see how he, see how he feels. Um 
about that name, but the PB and J line is what we're going to call them. And they had a really good night. And this is something Harmon and I talked about, Chris, you weren't on the show when we discussed this, but for as much flack as JT Miller got last year for his defensive play and his two way game at the start of the year, Harmon made a good point that Brock Besser was also kind of invisible on that side of the puck on both sides of the puck really last season. And For him to score the four goals, it's great. Everybody wants to see him score goals, especially those of us who predicted he would score 30 on the season. We definitely want to see that. But I was also really impressed with his work along the walls. Like his defensive positioning, all of that stuff, everything away from the puck. I thought Brock Besser looked really good. I've said all camp long. It looks like he's added a step or two uh, in the off season. And that's really good to see for Brock Besser. Obviously the four goals are great, but I really liked his play away from the puck as well. Yeah, there's a lot to like from Besser. Obviously, when you score four goals, it's hard to have a bad game as well. But you brought it up like it wasn't just the four goals. It was a lot of what that line was able to do against McDavid. And and you watch that. You watch like Connor McDavid and the way he attacks. It's basically like a highway opens up, right? And he normally just flies through it. And, it, it, you know, we've heard players talk about this. It's not like you're, you're a step behind him. You're a step ahead of him, but he still can beat you. And I think the Canucks did a really good job. Specifically to me, it was the, the defense pairing of Hronik and Hughes, too. Like, they... They saw a lot of Connor McDavid on Wednesday night, and I thought they did an excellent job of being kind of the last line before he could kind of turn it into overdrive and go straight towards the net because the forwards were able to kind of like slow him up. It's a, to, to make a football reference, it's almost like when a tight end kind of does a, a little bit of a chip block before kind of going out on his route on the defensive end. Like, he just gives him a little touch to slow him down. The tackle takes him from there. You kind of like have to do that to Connor McDavid. You have to have something that at least – makes him hesitate for a second around center ice. Otherwise, as soon as he picks up enough pace, he's going to fly by your defenseman. So it felt like, uh, and Rick Tockett talked about this in the post game. it was like a five-man unit to defend Connor McDavid, and it felt like they did a very good job of it on Wednesday. And I know the Oilers weren't great. Like, that's not the Oilers team that we're going to see for all 82 games this year. If it is, man, they're going to get a number, another first overall pick coming towards them if they keep playing like that. But that's not the team we're going to see on Saturday. We're going to see a much better Oilers team. The one thing I wanted to consistently see was was just like how good the penalty kill looked, right? Like I I think the only goal that was let up was the Leon Drysaddle one on the power play, the the one timer from the right side, and, and I heard you talking about this on Oilers Nation, one of their forty five shows that they got over there. But like you were on with them, and you mentioned that like Drysaddle's one of the five people in the world who can make that shot, and there wasn't a mistake from the Canucks. Well, there was a mistake. Like J T. Miller and Ian Cole end up bumping into each other, and that really opened up the area for uh for dry saddle to get a shot off aside from that like you looked at the penalty kill they were able to limit the best power play we've potentially ever seen in nhl history if they're able to do consistent things like that as the season goes on i know it's just one game but at least it's a really good step in the right direction for the canucks in that way so i'm curious to see how the pk follows it up on saturday yeah the other thing i'm really interested about saturday chris is the canucks got to dictate the matchups for the most part by having last change on a home game But now that they're on the road for five games, not to mention this one on Saturday against what we presume is going to be a very, very hungry Oilers team. The Oilers now have last matchup. How big is it that the Canucks get Carson Soucy back in the lineup? Because it looks like Matias Ekholm is going to play tomorrow for the Oilers. So they're going to be better defensively. Look, I don't know what you thought about the third pair of Akito Hirose and Noah Juleson. They played very sheltered minutes. And I think the Canucks are going to, largely lose the ability to play those guys in such sheltered minutes like there are going to be times when the Oilers top six is top six is on the ice against Juleson and Hirose and I think that's something that I worry about a little bit no and that's I mean we saw that we were we kind of the whole press box like uh noticed the one shift where it was like oh here's Hirose and Juleson against McDavid like this is the I think it was like a 4-1 score at the time it's like okay this is where the Oilers can get back into it but pretty quickly, they made a change. As soon as the puck crossed center ice, it was like, bang, okay, let's get Hughes and Hironic back out there. So they're going to have to do a lot more of that on the fly. You brought it up. The matchups aren't going to be them be there for the Canucks as they're on the road on Saturday. So the adjustment there is going to have to be something the Canucks have to go through. But I think you'll see a lot of a lot more of Hughes and Hironic playing together against the top lines of the Oilers. And I do think that they're going to have to shelter Juleson and Hirose. And it'll be interesting to see how much minutes they actually finish with if this isn't an absolute route like it was on Wednesday. Because the third period, it was like, hey, you know, it you know felt like Willie D was behind the bench and they're just rolling through different lines and giving everybody an opportunity like we're watching a, a six-year-old B team go out there and play. But I think that we'll, we'll have to see how different it looks on the road. Uh, I was a little – I was kind of wondering – I if the Canucks are going to go back to like the committee thing on the road and just knowing that they could always have 
you know, whether it be Hironic or Hughes, at least have one of them out there. But it looked like, uh, and we can pull the lines up from today, Brennan Bachelor, shout out to our buddy there, play-by-play over at 650. Uh, it looks like Hughes and Hironic are going to be back together on a pairing, as we see on Saturday. At least that's how they skated today. We'll have to see, because, like, there was no committee on Wednesday. This committee stuff that we talked about for a week on this show, uh, none of that happened uh, on Wednesday. And we'll have to see what happens on Saturday. Might be a little bit different because you're on the road, but I'm curious to see how they work those pairings. You didn't need to change the pairings and even the forward lines. There was no line juggling at all from the Canucks end. And I think that was something that I don't want to say surprised us, but like we were joking about it. Aaron and I, we were like, we've, we've been talking for two weeks about this by committee defense. And then they scrap it on night one and psych. Yeah, exactly. They, they completely scrap it. And Hey, like it was really good. It was a really good result for the Canucks. And, Look, I think to some extent you have to just live with the fact that the Oilers are going to be able to get the matchups because they're the home team. You're going to have to live with them having last change. And I just think after an 8-1 win, and I was really curious to see if they split up Ronick, like you said, Chris, but I just think after an 8-1 win, you can't overthink it too much. You you have to go with the same lines, and that's what it looks like the Canucks will be doing. And the difference is, like, Quinn Hughes was third in ice time on the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday. That's just... That's not going to happen on Saturday, right? We're going to see one of these 26-plus minute games for Quinn Hughes. So when that happens, I guess what I'm wondering is how much will Heronic play, right? Like, let's say Quinn Hughes is at 27 and a half minutes on Saturday. Like, I feel like Heronic's probably going to be around, you know, 26 minutes maybe to kind of match up with him. Like, there's going to be a little bit more power play time for Hughes on PP1. Uh, but Heronic's going to get the time on the penalty kill as well because I don't think they really trust either Hirose or Juleson. But... Good news to at least see that Carson Soucy was on the ice at practice today, and that's hopeful anyways because it feels like week-to-week went to day-to-day, which was really good because it felt like it was the opposite last year with the Vancouver Canucks and their injuries. So uh, at least Soucy is on the ice and you know should be on this road trip here. We we know the Canucks are heading on a deep little road trip. Uh, tough one to start the season, and obviously it's going to be a big one on Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see them back on the ice, especially after what they did on Wednesday with an 8-1 win, man couple good comments here in the YouTube live chat that I want to get to. The first one coming from Corey Anderson, who said they were up big. Everything was working. Why would you change lines when you're crushing your opponent? And that's the point I was trying to make earlier is just that, yeah, like I understand, but you don't want to overthink it to the point where you're like, okay, we need to go back to this by committee thing that let's be honest, we didn't see a ton of in the preseason. And I just, I don't know. I don't think that you want to be rolling in with that mindset. I think that's the time this game is a time to make adjustment. And as Sterling Wilson said as well in the chat is they're playing with house money on Saturday. And I think like if the Canucks lose, no one's going to say, you know, I think everybody's picking the Oilers to win this game, much like they were in the first one, but you know, they have the matchups. They, they, they put out a stinker on Wednesday. They're going to be in their home opener. Everybody's picking the Oilers to win this game. So if the Canucks lose, that's one thing. If the Canucks get, stomped like nine to one or something yeah eight to one i couldn't imagine losing by that score um if that happens then yeah maybe people will be a little upset but for the most part it is house money that they're playing with here they're coming in and if they lose no one's going to be upset no one's going to think oh well there there goes that people are just gonna say yeah okay that's what many picked to be the stanley cup winners that's that's how they're supposed to play that's what's supposed to happen when these two teams meet yeah and i think what what I'd like to see is the Canucks really value this game, not so much from even looking back at Wednesday, but looking forward to say, okay, this is a Pacific team. I mean, you could say rival, I guess, but, you know, it's just a, it's a team in your division. So look at this as a divisional game. Look at this as how important that it could be by the end of the season for the standings. Uh, and look at it that way. Like, if, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to beat other playoff teams. You have to be competitive against playoff teams. So, yeah, you can throw the 8-1 to game out the window uh, at this point because you're going to get a very different Oilers team. You brought up the fact that it's their home opener. There's going to be a big show. You know, you have the 45-minute intros like we saw in Vancouver the other day. All that fun stuff. But the big thing to me is just, like, sticking with what they did well in the game on Wednesday. And the stuff that – it's funny. We, we've talked about this game quite a bit over the past couple of days here. talked with Jeff about it, talking with you about it today. It doesn't really get brought up like the, the great offense, right? Like, they scored eight goals. The offense was great. The goals were, were awesome. But to me, like, the more impressive thing was the one goal against, against this Oilers team who – you know, the Oilers, it feels like any three-minute stretch, they can score four goals, right? Like, they have that type of talent. If you give them a power play and they get a little bit of momentum, they can score, like, four goals on you in four minutes type of thing. So my my question here is, like, 
how do the Canucks back up the good part of the game that they thought they had on Wednesday? And to me, that's about the defensive play, the structure that they had, all this stuff that they've talked about in the offseason. If they're able to continue that on the road, which is going to be a little bit more difficult because a lot of what we saw from that good defensive play, I think, was because of the matchups. Like, the Miller line was really good, right? The PBJ line was really good defensively against the top lines. How many minutes are they going to see against McDavid and his trio on Saturday, it's going to be a little bit different. And I know that, and maybe Aaron, you can speak to this a little bit more, but like the Oilers kind of go a lot heavier on putting dry saddle and McDavid together when they're at home, right? Like that's the thing that they do. Yeah, you could for the most part. It's honestly Jay Woodcroft puts them in a blender because we usually have 11 forwards. It's if we need a goal, the boys are going out there together. You do tend to see it a little bit more at home. And I could see that for after a shellacking that you delivered yeah. the other night, I could see them trying to, double up, but I don't think that's how they're going to start. Well, Quads, I also wanted to ask you, before he threw up in his mask and got taken out, Thatcher Demko, I thought I thought he looked really good. Like, I felt like, uh, I, and I was talking to Harmon about this, actually, in the press box, but, like, when the puck goes, like, with a goaltender, when the puck goes up and it's, like, up in their, you know, areas around their shoulders, like, it looked like Demko had that confidence again. Like, when a puck was loose, it felt like he was confident at least protecting kind of the wall that is the 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 goal line up in the goal in the net there like it felt like he was confident covering that area it's just like you can just feel the confidence from Demko when he's on right like I that's at least what I took away from the game I don't like goalies anyways but tell me what you saw from Demko uh in his 48 minutes I believe of uh of play I saw a goaltender who had a full season full off season of preparation and a goaltender who when we talked to him about his bad start last year basically said, I had 12 bad games. That's how he looks at it. And can we count on, like, is it under 20, the number of bad games Thatcher Demko's had in his career? I would say, yeah. And 12 of them came basically in succession last year. I saw a goaltender that, look, Saravalli said it on our show earlier this week. He thinks Thatcher was playing through something that got tweaked in the preseason and eventually he almost completely tore his groin, which obviously isn't good for a goaltender to go through, but he had a full offseason of preparation. He was back at the end of last year. He was able to kind of get back to it and feel how that groin feels, right? Like he's able to get back on it and he's able to do his regular movements, right? Because that's the thing is, let's say Demko didn't recover until early May, mid-May, when the Canucks are long done. They're, they're d- long done at that point. Let's say he recovered by that point and then had to get back on the ice. There's a confidence thing there. No matter how long you've been on the ice, the first time you get back into a game, and hell, even a preseason game, it does something for you, obviously, but by the time you get back to the regular season, it's a different ball game. And the fact that Demko was able to have those games at the end of last year, I think those did wonders for his confidence. And then he was able to have a full off season of preparation. And he talked a lot about his off season. It was a good off season for him. And look like even go back. When's the last time he had an off season like that, where he wasn't rehabbing anything. He wasn't really dealing with anything all off season long or for part of the off season, like an entire off season to just get it back to who he knows he can be. I think that's what we're seeing from Thatcher Demko right now. And again, it's only preseason. It's only been one game, but you have to feel confident about Thatcher Demko heading into this season, especially after that home opener performance. Yeah. And it's not even really about the sample size. You brought it up. I know it's been preseason in one game, but it's more about, I think what you talked about there was the off season and the, uh, the ability to be healthy throughout and the ability to work with your goaltending coach. We know how early Thatcher Demko was here in Vancouver. He had his child and, and that, and, and, kind of had a different off season compared to what we've seen in the past, which has been great because I think he needed that little bit of a mental reset. And I think watching the way that this guy works, like he's a very cerebral player. He's a very, he's a player who very much like, I, I guess just like the mental side of things I think can really affect Thatcher Demko. And I think I'm not really even saying that in a negative way, though it can happen that way. It feels like when his mind is in, the right state fully focused like he that really helps him so I think if he's able to find that kind of zen almost like that's when you're going to see the best out of him and uh, I feel like this offseason was that way like you know you become a dad you get here early you do all these things you're healthy I have to think that's a really good start and at least a good foot uh, to walk into the season with here with Thatcher Demko to start many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, let's move on to our next segment, which I have no idea what it is because I'm in a different setup here. Okay. But uh, the new guys is our uh, segment here. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, well, I just wanted to start, uh, and I talked a little bit about this with Jeff yesterday. I think when we talked about what the Vancouver Canucks did so well on Wednesday, we brought up the goals, we've brought up the defensive play, and I wanted to lean into the defensive play a little bit here. I thought Pew Suter was really good. I thought Pew Suter was like very smart with how he defended the way that he didn't waste uh, strides the way he was able to combine a little bit of physicality along with a very strong stick and an active one as well it felt like the passes that were going around his area on the penalty kill were going to at least be touched or intercepted I just thought he was excellent he also won 10 of 13 face-offs on Wednesday he was the only guy who was positive for the Vancouver Canucks in that game on Wednesday and Pew Suter to me was the the one new guy that stuck out the most in a positive way. Probably followed a little bit behind Philip Peronic, and I know he played a few games last year, but he's still a new guy here uh, with this Vancouver Canucks. So I, I thought Suter was really impressive, and it wasn't just on the penalty kill. It felt like his line was was able to be trusted defensively for sure, and I don't really know if there was much offense that came from Suter's line. I think that that was lacking a little bit in Wednesday's game, but to me, I was like, fine. Like, if this third line is going to be the defensive third line that we've been thinking the Vancouver Canucks are going to get for the last few years, I, I love it. I think he's the great, he's a perfect centerpiece for that role. The fact that he's kind of just a consistent 14-goal scorer as well is going to be huge. Like, you want to get a little bit of offense chipped in from even a defensive third line. But to me, if they can do that primarily, just be a defensively stable line from game one to game 82, it's just something that we haven't seen from this Canucks team. And how often have we talked about not necessarily the background, but like the supporting cast around the stars? Like Pew Suter is a guy who should be a very good supporting cast piece for the stars of the Vancouver Canucks because he plays such a different style than JT Miller or Elias Pettersson or whatever else they have in the top six. Suter's going to give you something really different, and it's going to be something that's really effective if it's used correctly in the lineup. And a lot of that, to me, is how they surround him too, right? If they get the right wingers with Suter, you could see that line being very effective defensively and kind of winning that goal battle on a nightly basis almost. Sterling Wilson in the YouTube live chat said, best bottom six group we've had in the last decade. And Call of the Wild added, it's amazing how impactful most, if not all, the new guys were preseason and in the season opener. Very effective role players. Chris, we spent a lot of time talking about the off-season acquisitions of this club. Teddy Bluger didn't play in that game, mm-hmm. but you just brought up Suter. Could he realistically be the most underrated signing that this team made or addition that this team made? Because I feel like we didn't talk about him a ton. We were just like, yeah, I'm excited to see if he can fill that role that the Canucks hoped Jason Dickinson could fill where it could be, yeah, you're a really strong defensive center, but you're also able to chip in a little bit on offense. It feels like Suter might be that guy again, one game, but also looked really strong in the preseason. Like I don't think we ever saw a moment where Suter was out of position or we were like, Oh, there's a bad play at either end by Suter. I think he, He's moving his feet a lot. I think he's giving you everything you could have hoped for from the third line center position. And there's just like a a different view from the press box looking down at the way that he played. And I think a lot of it in quads, you know, this from being up there, like you can see the way that 
not necessarily lanes, but just like how space is taken away from a player. You can see it better from that being that high up and kind of looking straight down at the rink. That's just what I noticed with him. I just said like, okay, like he's smart and you said it like he didn't make really any mistakes. Like there was no wasted movement from him. And we've seen so much of that from guys that have kind of been trotted out in the bottom six of the Vancouver Canucks. that it's like, just play a simple, smart game. And I think that's what you're going to get from Suter. And you brought it like this guy signed for $1.6 million. I I look at the way that he's playing right now, and I think, you know, he's effective enough to be a legitimate 3C in the NHL. I have to think, like, a lot of NHL teams would probably be looking at that contract and what Suter's likely going to bring to you as a 27-year-old. You could call it his prime, right, because he came over here a little bit late uh, to North America. I I have to think that he's, like, for the money he's getting paid, I think Suter's going to be very liked in this Vancouver market over the term of this two-year contract. So, with that in mind... Nexus joined the chat as well, and he asked Good if we had talked about the Miller matchup with McDavid. And he talked. We've already talked about how effective it was and how good it was. Because one thing we haven't talked about is that the Oilers have two very good lines, mm. and that there was more than one line playing in that kind of hard matched role. And the the fact that the Canucks not only now have two lines that can be trusted in their own end with Elias Patterson and JT Miller, but realistically they have three now that. You know, obviously, they wanted the Miller matchup against McDavid, which, hey, I understand that. But when we talk about the matchups and Edmonton having this huge advantage, we've talked mainly about the defensive side, and that's fine. But the forward group as well, I think you're comfortable with definitely those first two lines, but almost any of your forward lines. Like Sam Lafferty, I thought, looked good in that game. We know what he's going to bring as well. I think you're comfortable if you're the Canucks with basically how your forward group is structured, and this is why I basically dismissed criticisms of the Sam Lafferty trade. It was like, it's a fifth-round pick, and hey, Jackson Nika tried really hard in preseason. He did great. He's with the team on emergency basis. We might see him still, but Sam Lafferty's a better NHL player than Jackson Nika. That is just simply a fact right now, and hey, that's not to say Stanika can't get there, but right now Lafferty's giving you a center option. He's a guy who can win you some face-offs. Stanika just isn't that just yet at this point of his career, but hey, you're super happy with the progression. You're super happy with how he came into camp. You know, man on a mission. You're super happy he's with the team again here. He can maybe be that energy guy, continue to grow into that role. But the Canucks bottom six, like Sterling Wilson in the chat said, probably the best they've had in the past decade. And when we talk about matchups, it's not as big of a story, even though I brought it up immediately. It's not as big of a story as maybe it has been in years past where the Canucks have okay, here's our one line that we trust to be a shutdown line. After that, we're walking on thin ice. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be interesting with Lafferty especially where you mentioned win some face-offs. He's got to do that in the next game because he was uh, 3 out of 15 uh, in the game on Wednesday. So we'll have to see how he backs that up. Maybe Jack Studd will get into uh, playing a little bit more center uh, as, the, as the game kind of goes along on Saturday. We'll have to see what happens. But Lafferty... Man, like, you know, he scored 10 goals twice now in his NHL career, short NHL career. If he can do that, what an effective fourth-line player he could be with some size, some penalty-killing ability. You'd be laughing about the fifth-round pick if he has a good start here. No pun intended there with Lafferty. But you you look at this type of player that he can be for the Canucks, and I know that some people in Toronto or whatever were like, oh, he's he's a good guy. He can bounce around the bottom six. He can be, you know, that's that's what I like. the, The fact that the Canucks aren't using him in the third line, like, they're like, hey, you're on the fourth line. Just be a really good fourth liner. Like, you're not asking much of Lafferty here. You're not asking him to go up there and, and be, you know, defensively reliable alongside JT Miller. You're not asking a lot. Like, you're putting a guy in a position where he's probably going to succeed because he has enough skill to look good where he's at in the lineup. And if he's playing on the fourth line and there's not a lot asked to him and he's matching up with other teams' fourth lines, that's when you're probably going to see the guy get closer to 10 goals. Like, that's where you, a lot of the success is going to come. So... To me, if they continue to use Lafferty as, as to me, like as a fourth liner, I know people want to say he's a bottom six forward. If he's on the fourth line, he could be a very good fourth liner. And when Teddy Bluger comes back, that fourth line is going to be pretty effective up to this point of like defensively responsible, having some size. Bluger's pretty good in the faceoff dot. Both those guys can kill penalties. So to me, I, I'm excited to see this continue to grow with Lafferty. And I know he had only one game in like a practice or so because he was traded pretty. Uh, pretty late into the preseason coming into the Vancouver Canucks. So one game was impressive. Uh, curious to see what happens moving forward with him. I know he got a lot of minutes in that game as well because of, uh, you know, just a bunch of ice time late, and he ends up putting up a really nice assist, actually, to Dakota Joshua uh, in the third period. To I believe that was the eighth the eighth goal of the game. 
by the way, Aaron. They got scored on eight times, just so you remember. Uh, but oh, really? oh, I didn't know that. Babes. Thank you very much for that. Just, Kick me just, when I'm down. Thank yeah, you. Just making sure you don't forget. Um, so I think what, what Lafferty is, like, I would love to see him just be like a steady fourth-line player all season long. Don't ask him to do more than that because I really think he can be a very good fourth-liner for the team here moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is... Like with Lafferty, someone brought it up in the chat. They said, I don't love him being 4C, given that he's more comfortable on the wing. But while Teddy Bluger's out, it's fine. And I said yeah. somebody, it's gone. I couldn't remember the name right off the top. I didn't read it. But yeah, like that's the thing is Lafferty gives you depth. It's not like he's being penciled into the fourth line center role all season long. He's more comfortable on the wing. That's fine. He's going to play the wing for most of this season. But right now, Teddy Bluger's out. This is why you go out and get these depth pieces. And hey, I, I like the Lafferty edition right away, and I still like it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get uh, get wrapping things up here. I got so much stuff tonight that I'm really excited about. So I'm going to go off on the prospects a little bit, quads. Unless you want anything else to bring up, you got an Edmonton story for us or no? No, all you. Nothing. I heard you ripping on uh, the Oilers. What's going? On? The Oilers guys didn't know anything about Mark Messier in Vancouver. I, I listened to your show a little bit today. Dude, I didn't know all that. Yeah, I learned asked, about all that. They time. asked why Mark Messier is hated in Vancouver. And yeah, like, I, why I wasn't he? Why wasn't he part of the captain ceremony with Quinn Hughes? What's? I guess I I, I thought this was like well known throughout the league. Mark Messier. We like Mark Messier, so I was like, wow, they really seem to dislike this guy. Aaron, the big bosses are right next door. We will get you off this show if you keep <laughs> talking like that. Yeah. Well, Aaron, Aaron's going to be out of here quick, anyways. I bet he, Aaron. Like, I'm, I'm curious how Aaron's dealing with you because I think. Uh, I don't know what Aaron does with this damn green screen over here with me or whatever he's got going on. I need a brick behind me. That's what I want, too. I don't know what's going on at the Oilers Nation. Tapes. We All lined that. them up ourselves one by one. Yeah, no, it looks good over there. It oh, looks good. Like, don't touch that. I, don't it's a load-bearing brick. Load bearing brick. <laughs> don't touch that one. All right, let me cook here a little bit with the prospects, all right? Jonathan LeCarrie-Mackie, we touched on him yesterday, showed the goal. He's got five goals over his last nine SHL games. The kid is cooking. Uh, Elias Patterson, DPD, back in Alsvenskan. I watched his game today. Well, I watched most of his game today, and then there was a uh, the pyrotechnics from a goal uh, set off the fire alarms in the Alsvenskan arena. There was too much smoke inside there. They had to evacuate the arena uh, with like 12 minutes remaining in the third period. I actually don't know if they even finished the game. Um, so, so he looked, I mean, he looked good in the 48 minutes that I watched, uh, Lucas Forcell scored in champions league the other day. So that was nice to see. And, and I think the big story in the prospect world is Tom Willander, uh, or Villander. What are we going with here? Quads? I, I like Willander until he tells us otherwise. I like Willander as well. Okay. Well, we got some of his family members listener of the show, so they'll, uh, they'll let me know in the DMS. Uh, but Tommy, Tommy V or Tommy dub. Uh, he'll make his debut with Boston University tonight. They're playing New Hampshire, so they're going to kick their ass. It's uh, the BU team, I think, ranked number one coming out of the polls or number two uh, heading into the season here for NCAA. And finally, the OHL boys, Kirill Kudryatsev, Hunter B, our boys, they continue to dominate both in top five of scoring for defensemen in the OHL, and they will get into action this past or this coming weekend. Quads, give me a lesser-known prospect uh, that you want to hear about as well. Hi, Young. I heard he's been very good. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's been excellent. He uh, he had a 37-save, one-goal-allowed uh, outing the other night. He was named player of the night. Uh, player, I'm pretty sure he's going to be goaltender of the week in the WHL, which is really impressive. We'll see what he does this weekend. Uh, but 5-1, and one, I think, like that Prince George team in the CHL rankings, I think, uh, someone can correct me, but I believe top five, like I feel like they're fourth in the uh, CHL rankings. So it'll be interesting to see how much is on his back uh, moving forward here. But a uh, really good start for Ty Young, and I know we're hoping to get down to see uh, January, I believe, when they play the Thunderbirds, get two prospects stoned at once, if you know what I mean. We'll talk to both of them down there at, uh, at that point. But Ty Young, good start for him. We'll keep an eye on him over the weekend, but he looked excellent uh, in a game earlier this week. Sorry, I'm looking at Mark Messier's hockey DB page. Man, I didn't realize how much hate there was. Holy. Oh, they hate him. We hate him in Vancouver. Is man. the chat it's going hockey. off here or what? No. Well, no. yeah, someone said... Aaron, please never bring up Mark Messier again. <laughs> it's, it's Karan, who hates baseball talk, said uh, you bring up one Messier one more time, it's almost as bad as the baseball talk. I'm really burning my bridges with Karan here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Betway, Betway, Betway. Let's do this. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. You, you, you tell me. Listen, we're the best in the business here with Betway. They know this. The Betway folks, they love us. Betway, Betway, Betway. And the reason why they love us, because there ain't nobody else in the business dropping AHL beats for you here. This is a, maybe Betway won't like me here, because this is free money. This is free money right here, uh, but bet the responsible way. Uh, but this is free money, I'm pretty damn sure. Abbotsford Canucks, 
to score over 5.5 total goals in the game. That's between Laval and Abbotsford and Abbotsford to win. You're getting that at plus 320. $10 bet, you put that down, you get 42 back quads. You can go and get uh, three Wagyu Bacon Ranch burgers from uh, from Arby's for that. Just a small investment of $10. That's going to return you 42. So Abbotsford to win the game and a total goals over 5.5 tonight. They play at 4 o'clock Pacific time, 5 o'clock Oilers time, 7 o'clock Montreal time. Um, and uh, what uh, it would be 3 p.m. Uh, Anchorage time in, uh, in Alaska up there. So that uh, you can watch that. The good thing is you can watch this for free as well. AHL TV free for the opening weekend of the AHL. Check that out. I believe it's watchtheahl.com. You just got to like create an account or whatever and all that crap. Uh, we're not sponsored by them either, so I'm not going to give them any you know pump. You just make an account. If you know how to type your email, you're all good. You can watch for free this weekend. Okay, so you wrote a little pregame piece. Seven stories to watch in the Abbotsford Canucks season opener this evening. You're also going to have a postgame report up on CanucksArmy.com. So if you're listening to this and you want to read more about the game, be sure to head on over to Canucks Army once the game is over. But Chris, I want you to pick one of those things that you wrote in your seven stories to watch. Pick one. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I think the 20-year-olds are who I want to watch tonight, right? I want to watch Danila Klimovich. I want to watch Atiratu. I have a feeling... I don't know this for sure because uh, though Jeremy Carlton was on the show yesterday, he wouldn't give us his full line combinations. Uh, but I'm hoping to see Ati Ratu and Danila Klimovich be together on a third line. Hoping that Arshdeep Baines is actually the third guy on that line as well. And that's exciting because these are solid AHL players. Danila Klimovich had a very good uh, season last year. Ati Ratu is kind of just on the brink of being able to jump to the NHL. Arshdeep Baines had a great year last year. That could be the third line for the Abbotsford Canucks. I, I want to make this very clear. The Abbotsford Canucks are such a good AHL team. They got Sheldon Drys back, who was like a goal per game last time he was in the AHL. They got, you know, all these type of players like Vasily Podkolzin's down there, Linus Carlson's down there. Like, the the defense core, they had the returning AHL defenseman of the year. You're adding Jack Rathbone to the mix. You have Matt Irwin going down there, who played 61. Like, this Abbotsford Canucks team should blow out this Laval team tonight. That's why the bet's easy money. It's easy money here at plus 320. Uh, for the Abbotsford Canucks to win and have over 5.5 total goals. But I want to see the 20-year-olds work, right? Like, let's see Klimovich get some offensive opportunities. And, yeah, continue to round out his defensive game. But this is year three for the kid. He's no longer a teenager coming into the year. Let's see Klimovich do the damn thing. Like, score some goals. That, that's what he's good at. Let's see him build some confidence as the season goes on. And uh, I'm excited for that. The young guys, I, I did post this uh, a little bit earlier on Twitter. But just looking at the list of U24 players. And I know Ryan Pike followed this up with what they have in the Wranglers. They got nothing over there. Uh, then they showed somebody, some guy from Toronto tweeted out his lineup. They got nothing over there. The Canucks U24 players are really good, and they're the guys driving the bus. Like It is the young players for Abitur that will be driving the bus down there on the farm. So very exciting. Obviously, Archer Silov is going to get the start tonight. But it sounds like uh, from what Colton said yesterday, like I told you this, Quads. I've been telling you this for months. Zach Sachenko, I don't know what what's going to go on there, how much he's going to play. It's Tolapilo as the backup. So that's exciting news as well, another young uh, prospect in the system. And Carlton, when he was on the show yesterday, sounded like he really liked Tolapilo. So I think we're going to see Silovs obviously tonight. He's going to get a ton of starts. But, man, Abbotsford, I think they're going to light it up. I think they're going to be in a similar way to the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday. I think they're going to have a big game tonight, put up a lot of goals. I'm excited for it. Aiden McDonough on the power play. A lot of really exciting things for Abbotsford. Squad ride favor, I'm in. I'm not going to watch the game, but I'm going to follow you blindly. Oh, yeah. I got to. Well, I'm excited because 4 o'clock comes around today. I'm going to have my both my screens here. That's what I'm always looking at, by the way, everyone on YouTube here. I got my second screen up here. This screen down here. Freaking staring at quads in the camera here. Double screen today. BU down here. Abbotsford up here. 4 o'clock. I love it. Love it. I feel like this is a. Uh, I know the season started on Wednesday, but once I get a double screen of prospects going, that's when the actual season starts, when You're I have back. two good Dave, prospects going. Back. Oh, I'm pumped about it. Two screens. Two screens. Yeah. Our friends over at Greta would think that is light work. Oh, oh, and oh. you can find out why oh. when you come to the Canucks Army kickoff event tomorrow night at Greta. Doors open at 6 o'clock. I am in Edmonton. Chris Faber will be emceeing that event. Lots of good deals. We talked about oh. the $30 game voucher that you can get there. We talked extensively about Greta. It's going to be a very good time. You do not want to miss it. To get your tickets, go to nationgear.ca. $10 gets you. And let me tell you, Quads, uh, yesterday, 
you're making money. You're making money by coming to this event. Be That's sure to check it out. Pretty much. I don't know if you can legally say that, but pretty much. Uh, yesterday, I'm at, uh, so some, a couple of friends are left over from the wedding before they head out east. What am I doing? I'm at, I went out to Craft Beer Market last night uh, to have a couple of beers. I got everybody in there. They're all coming to Greta. I was wheeling and dealing. Might have had a couple too many. My voice a little coarse today. Uh, but everybody's coming to Greta. I sold I sold nine tickets yesterday. Got people to buy them in front of me. Nine people bought tickets yesterday from a different bar. We're all going to Greta tomorrow. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and we got some exciting giveaways as well, which I got to go pick up uh, from the mail here from our, our our great folks back there. All all forty four people. They worked together. Each person had a hand on the stuff that they were putting in uh, to the boxes. Forty five earlier. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Because Aaron's busy with us. Then uh, uh, all the other forty four, they came together and put. I'm a honorary uh, Connects member, but I do want to point out, I had several of these two dollar hot dogs oh. on Wednesday. Dude, they went down beautifully. They were great. It was four dollars. Fill up your stomach. Like then, that. of course, followed by a couple of six dollar. Golden beverages right there, but man, it was a good time. Get the hot dogs and the nachos. Love I had that. both. Looking forward to it, man. I'll be there tomorrow. Today, lots of hockey. Tomorrow, we got the hockey as well. Hey, it, quads, or, or maybe one of you guys. I didn't check this out. I should know this. It's tomorrow's game time. It's like seven o'clock Pacific, right? It's not. Uh, it's not a weird yeah. one. It's like yeah. eight eight o'clock for you guys. How weird is that, Aaron? An eight o'clock start because crazy. Why yeah. do the games start at eight o'clock for you guys, dude? Sometimes they start at eight thirty. Whoa! Oh. It's, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. And then when you have to do the post game show after, yeah, it's written the case. So, like on for Wednesday, for example, I had to do the pre, the post, then you know do all the post stuff, get it out as a podcast, do everything, and then back here for the morning to do the East Coast Leafs morning take. My schedules, it's not good. It's not good right now. I don't even know what to say to that. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, like, and, I think it's that game is probably, like you said, started at 8.30 because of all the events oh, and yeah. the marathon friggin' home opener festivities that are going to go on. By the time that wraps up, oh, geez, I don't even know what time I'm getting out of there. I, I fly back on Sunday morning. It's really hard to be me is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. You got to. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult one for you there, Quads. Yeah, somebody brought up in the chat, you forget about, like, Niels Amon's on the AHL team, right? Linus Carlson, some of these other players, and Sheldon Dries. Like, man, I, I tell you, tonight's going to be really fun. I think everyone should just, you know, if you got nothing to do on a Friday, 4 o'clock, you're finishing up work, last little bit of the, you know, whatever job you're doing, pull up the old AHL TV, watch it. It's a free little thing. It's going to be a fun weekend uh, this weekend as a kickoff. And then a noon game on Saturday. So uh, some fun stuff here coming up on the weekend. Uh, I saw in the chat somebody asked if I was seeing Creed last night. Nope, just uh, chilled out. Uh, had some friends come over. They were all at uh, Adam Sandler, so they came up and uh, hung out, and we reminisced about the wedding a little bit. It was a good time. A couple things here in the chat. Nexus asks, who's doing stanchies for tomorrow? It's going to be Cody Sievertson oh. because we haven't mentioned it. This is a big selling point. Why it aren't the stanchion is expected to make an appearance. Bless us with his award-winning journalist presence at Greta as well. Again, folks, 6 p.m. You can still get your tickets. Limited tickets remain, so get in there quick. Let's sell out this event. It's going to be great. There's a balloon arch. I found out there's a... You guys had a balloon arch too, right? Oh, we had a balloon arch, baby. It's quite the way to make an entrance. It's going to be very nice. So that is Greta Bar YVR. That is where you are going to go. But first, go to nationgear.ca. Make sure you buy your ticket. You got to get your ticket to get it. You can meet Chris Faber. It's going to be a beautiful time. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, what's the deal, Aaron? How I can drink of this thing pretty good, right? Like I can have a good, I can have a good time. You think Aaron's planning this? Well, Aaron, Aaron's been to one. I was pre gaming with Boardsy at Greta. Yeah, and let's say we were literally pre gaming. So uh, yeah, okay. we had a couple beers. We were actually live doing the show, and then one of our loyal viewers, who's always there, he came in and he ordered four shots and he dropped them down in front of us right when we're doing the show. And Jay's like, well. Wouldn't be pre-gaming unless and threw all threw them all back. So yeah, Fabes, I think you're allowed to have as much fun as that's you want. That's the president of our company. We yeah. should also yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the owner, downtown yeah. Jay. That's that's <laughs> the top guy. If he's doing a shot, you can do one too. Perfect. Well, that's good. And quads, I got to tell the the wedding story about you doing shots because what did you had? Did you have two shots, quads, and then you, or was it one shot that you had with all the groomsmen? Uh, I did. Uh, one shot of tequila, but I did it at four. But then before that, I did my own little. I had a little. I had my own little thing. I had some crown oh. at, uh, and we just announced it on Twitter. 
coming on as partner crown royal i did i drank some crown royal i'm not just saying that mm-hmm. i did drink crown royal uh mixed it with some pepsi but yeah it was it was a good time it was a good time well um so the part I was of the a little worried about starting that early because you know how i get if i start drinking before five o'clock yeah are we going are we going for beers after this quads we'll see the funny thing from that so from that day was like I went down to do photos, and uh, this is when I was with my wife. We're doing photos down at the beach, and I guess all you groomsmen were together. And the first thing you said when you – because the guys all came down to do their shoot on the beach with me, which was, oh, the shots – the photos that are going to come from the boys on the beach is going to be some really good shots. But you come down, and you're like, well, I've had two shots, so I'm not drinking for the rest of the day. Like, you hit your limit there after doing two tequila shots or, or a shot of Crown as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, good times were had. Good times were had. But then I had my Coke and rums at night. I meant I was done drinking until the wedding actually started. Correct. And then I, uh, then I got after it a little. Yeah. Tie was around the head. Oh, nice. You did pull that? I, I had the tie nice. around the head. I got to say, like, nobody parties like his Nanaimo friends. Those people that I went to have, a, those people, when I had the tequila <laughs> shot. Those folks. <laughs> those folks over there. I had the tequila shot with them. They were all hammered at that point, and it was like two thirty, and I was like, "All right, let's do it." Like, okay, this is love this is in happening. the air. Quads, yeah. love is in the air. It was, yeah, it was great. It was so, great. one thing I need to find tomorrow before the event, and we can do it with people's like Twitter handles or their chat, because I know a lot of people in the chat are coming to the event as well. I need those like "Hi, my name is" stickers. So I got to go find. I feel like Staples would have that, right? Like Staples is probably the spot to find it. I would guess. Yeah, that's we we did the name tags at okay. our party, and it's just way better. Yeah, then everybody knows everybody's name. It's way friendlier. Yeah, it's like here's my Twitter handle. Here's Alex, my name in the Alex chat. Labor to ski ball in every game possible because we had to do that, and I got worked by some dudes on ski ball. <laughs> oh, I'm good at ski ball. I'm good at ski ball. <laughs> yeah, I like how Corey. What do you mean these those people quads? The island folk are in here, and they're not happy about that quads. But they, but you did give them props. You know the island folk can party, and uh, they kept the dance floor going up until the last second. So that was good. Yeah. Dude, I love this comment from Nexus. Isn't the legal drinking age nineteen? Quads can't drink for like three or four more years. Why do you think God. I came to Edmonton, man? <laughs> I did see it, Edmonton. I saw when you were on the show today. Quads, your feet were dangling off the edge of the seat. You couldn't get your feet on the ground. I like to have them down. It's a good. It's comfortable. They weren't dangling. I could touch the floor. I can't confirm he did touch the floor, but barely. All right, let's get out of here. You guys got uh, you got two beers to drink, Quad. So get out of here. Okay, we'll close it out there uh, for my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer in studio, in person, Aaron Bordado, a name that you can trust. My yeah. name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of the Canucks. Conversation. See you tomorrow. Canucks Conversation with Quads and Faber. New episodes every weekday, 1.30 across the board, except for Wednesdays, 1 o'clock. We'll see you there live on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. For more information, visit CanucksArmy.com. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.